0: We're back again with another episode of Rhythms of Grace. My name's Nate, and I'm here with the lead pastor of Grace Church in Metro Detroit and Ann Arbor, Sung Kim. Sung, what's hello, going hello. on?
1: Life has been chaotic.
0: Yeah, there's big changes uh, at, yep. the, uh, at the church. There's a big remodel at the Ann Arbor location that's yep. in process.
1: Yep, so big remodel there, and um, so... Uh, n- next week, uh, uh, our family is, uh, a- Amy's grandmother passed mm-hmm. and so we're gone next week. And so when the remodel starts, uh, I- I'm not going to be here when, when everybody, when the rest of the staff has a chance to move out of their office, yeah, I won't be here. And by the time I get back, demo will have started. So I just found out earlier this week, Oh, I got to uh, empty oh, out man. my entire office, oh, which man. you know, has like hundreds, if not thousands yeah. of books. <laughs> yeah. So like the last few days and nights I've been like bringing bags of books home and Amy's like, what? Yeah. And
0: we're actually, we're here in the office on a Friday when usually the office is closed on Friday. And there's other people here too. Just everybody's sort of scrambling, trying to get ready for the big changes.
1: Yep, And so it's, uh, it's been a little crazy for me and I mean, and I would have time this weekend, except I am going down to Florida for Mm. Saturday and Sunday to do some work, preaching at a church down there. Uh, we're, uh, uh, we're talking to some church leaders, and uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I basically have till tonight to empty out my oh, office. Oh man,
0: man, you're busy. You're not. I'm. I'm not nearly as busy as you are. That's the truth of it.
1: So, one disclaimer: I feel a little bit ill prepared for today's conversation, but we'll, we'll do our best.
0: Okay, good. And I'm never prepared, so we'll so we'll <laughs> just be on
1: the same wavelength. That's right. Well, so you'll hear a lot of I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. But um, I, I've heard that you had an interesting week as well, too. We were texting about this during the uh, during the last couple of days. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, I think I think I may have mentioned we had our first litter of piglets, which we've been waiting for for like a year and a half. Our pigs were not um, getting the job done, but they finally did. Actually, we brought in a ringer. We had to borrow a <laughs> boar from another farm to actually come in and get the job done. We had our first litter of piglets, and earlier this week was... You know, we kind of do everything all at once. We we wean them from their mom. We castrate them, the whole nine yards. You so, what? Yeah, it was a glo- We had a vet come out and do it. I after seeing it done, I'm like, oh, I could, I think I could do this. Oh no! <laughs> but did you? No, no, no. He did it all, but <sighs> but next time around, I will. But the funniest <laughs> thing, <laughs> I will. It's it's uh, it's uh it's very simple. Do you not get queasy? Uh, no, Amy was literally oh. my wife was literally like she was like a little wobbly, uh, but the funniest thing that <laughs> happened was we have we all are we have a very hardy breed of pig. Mm-hmm. They they live outside, you know, three hundred sixty five days out of the year. They have like a shelter that's three sided and it's full of straws. So they can sort of bury themselves in there and stay warm. <laughs> but there we don't have a. I'm sort of trapped in their shelter so that I could just grab the males. And so I'm in there, and I tell Amy, like, hold this, hold this piece of gate, like, in uh, front of the entrance so they can't get out, right? And so I go in there, and I grab the first male pig. And if you have ever—when pigs—pigs' the pig's primary defense mechanism is squealing. Okay. They make an unholy noise. In fact, <laughs> grown pigs—here's here's your farm fact for the day. Grown pigs, when they are squealing, like, at top volume, can actually, like, cause hearing damage. It can get, like, as loud as a jet engine, That's like over 100 decibels. It's insane. So I have this little piglet. He starts squealing his brains out. The other seven piglets panic, and it was like a piglet explosion. They literally just like all bust through the gate and just tear off across the pasture, squealing at the top of their lungs. So then the next like 30 minutes, we're trying to catch a pig in a pasture, which is much harder than in a shelter, but I managed to get him. I think actually, I think I impressed the vet a little bit. He kept saying, "Nice grab," because I could like sneak up behind him and get him by the hind leg. That's like an so, Olympic sport. I mean, it is. It's very, very. It requires dexterity and uh, and some strength. Wow, because they're little tubes of muscle.
1: Uh, I, that, so the, all the, the all the pigs squealing reminds me of that story where all the demons like go into the pigs and they go running off.
0: the That craft. must have been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that must have been crazy, yeah. Wow. So the vet was telling us that when he has to do work with adult pigs and they have to be like restrained, he's like he's like literally at the end of the day, I will be like sort of dizzy, like the noise is so intense and so prolonged. He's like I literally will feel a little bit like dizzy Man. from it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's their one defense mechanism, hmm. really.
1: That's like I, I I I so eventually these piglets will be. Breakfast, I assume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know the closest thing. I mean, so d- do you slaughter them, them yourselves? Or I you- have. Okay.
0: I have. Um, these ones will probably take to the butcher. Okay. Uh, I, in fact, I'm sure there's no, we have eight. There's no way I could do eight, so um, we'll take them to the butcher. Man. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I, again, being more of a city person, life is so sanitized when it comes to food and poultry and all yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like, the closest thing I could even imagine is, like, a long time ago, like, growing up, like, my mom, uh, like, boiling lobsters.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right.
1: <laughs> Which is horrific. It is. It's it is. Ho- in yeah. fact, I think the
0: UK has banned. Yeah, I think you have to kill them first. Because it used to, you just throw them in a pot of boiling water. Yeah. And now yeah. I think you actually have to, like, dispatch them first.
1: So, yeah. man, you know, well, and, and I will say, uh, we, we started texting when you told me that you uh, earlier this week that you were castrating your piglets. Mm-hmm. And I had such a horrified, queasy look on my face. And Amy was in the living room. <laughs> and I, I said to her, oh my goodness, Nate has castrated their piglets. And she thought, just from the look from my face, that you
0: had sent a picture. Because uh. she was like, sung, your face
1: just turned ashen white."
0: I mean, the tool that they use is literally called an emasculator. And so, what you can I share this on the podcast? I don't, this is rated R. You might PG, if whatever. you are queasy. You're gonna want to just mute it for just the next thirty seconds, okay? Because literally, it's like a it's like a clamp. And so, once you once you have the testicle I'm, out, you oh. like clamp the cord, and it just like crunches it closed oh my and then it just, and then that's it. It's done.
1: I, I will say I am very, I, I am particularly queasy. Mm. I remember in fifth grade when they showed us the, uh, you know, the the video about the pregnancy and all that. Like yeah. I got, this was even back in fifth grade. I got so queasy after the lights turned on and everybody was getting up. I could barely lift up my pencil. Really? And when both my kids were born, uh, they were like, you, you know, here, hold, hold, you know, hold, hold Amy's leg here. And, and then they saw me. I did for like 10 <laughs> seconds and like, here, why don't you just sit down? So and funny. then afterwards, they're like, you want to cut the umbilical cord? I'm like, no. no. And, yeah. And so I I am very like specifically. That's very funny. Queasy.
0: I am really not queasy. Although my dad was a veterinarian and I remember okay. going to work with him very early on and never really uh. being bothered by it. But again, my wife is super queasy. In fact, one more story, <laughs> not farm related. Uh, but animal related kind of when I was in college um, Amy and I were just married and I worked for a veterinarian and I was doing some woodworking and I was being stupid about it because I was young and inexperienced and I ended up stabbing my my palm with a chisel and I remember like I remember I like stabbed it and I was like oh I like made a noise and Amy from the other room was like are you okay and I was standing there with my palm flat and the chisel was sticking up like a flagpole and I was like no, (laughs) no, I'm not okay. And so we didn't have any health insurance. Oh no. Yeah. And, but I worked for, you can see where this is going. I worked for a vet and I won't even tell you what city I was in. So I called her and I was like, Hey, I know this is weird. It's a clean cut. Like it needs a couple stitches. I don't have health insurance. Will you stitch me up? She's like, you cannot tell a soul that I did this. So I went in And once I get there, she's like, hey, just so you know, we don't have any anesthetic. Like, we don't, that's not something that we do for stitching dogs up. They're either completely out or we just, like, hold them down. So she's like, you're just going to have to sort of grab the edge of the table. And, uh, And so she literally starts to stitch up my hand. And Amy, like, starts to, like, tip over. <laughs> <laughs> and one, and one, I, I would, too. <laughs> yeah, dude. And one of the technicians was like, hey, Amy. Oh, by the way, in case you didn't figure, both our wives' names are Amy, which is why it might be a little confusing. So my <laughs> Amy started to tip over, and the one of the – Technicians was like, "Hey, let's. We have some puppies in back, and they had to like physically take her out of the room while they stitched me up."
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah. That that's good to be clear because we just both talk about Amy, and it's like, "Oh, is this like she's a polygamist?" No,
0: (laughs) no. We both have your yeah. Your wife is Amy Kim. My wife is Amy Amy Kimball. That isn't confusing to anybody. No, not at all.
1: Wow. Okay, so it's been we've lost half our audience. No, it's been ten minutes. Between talking about, oh my goodness, okay, let's let's get to it. So, okay. well, you know, a- and this is really interesting because uh, a- again, like I get really queasy about this stuff. But uh, um, in a future episode, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about violence mm. in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Genocide, and that is probably one of the biggest things. And I got to make sure that I'm well prepared for that. one.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that on on my drive in, Mm -hmm. actually, because I knew that we were sort of talking about the Old Testament. I'm 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 interested to talk about that one, because even as I was driving, I felt so many questions like stirring up in my head. So I I think it'll be I know I'm. It's one of the main issues that people have.
1: Yeah, it, it is.
0: Um, so I'm looking forward to getting that, but that's not what we're going to talk about no, today. No, no. Okay.
1: I'm buying myself
0: a, a, a couple Yeah, here. right. Get back from your travels. Get <laughs> yeah. your office moved. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, today uh, uh, we are going to talk about, there, there are people either atheists or uh, non-christians feminists both Christians and non-christian feminists who will state that God in the Bible is sexist mm. and that uh, they women are considered uh, lower status the way they're talked about and really uh, you know this and, and next week we'll talk about well uh, we'll see how far we get with this one but okay we're go- we're going to talk about the 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 accusation of even racism and violence and genocide mm. and all that in the coming weeks, but but yeah, like th- they they w- they will say like um, that the the way that the Bible talks about women, let's say even in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, or, or even how preachers talk about uh, women mm. based on the Bible, okay. is very sexist, and so. Um, the question
0: is Is the God of the Old Testament sexist? Hmm. So, I, I don't. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind for me is that I think it's important to continue. And we talked about the context of the Old Testament in earlier episodes mm-hmm. and how critical that is for reading. But I think it's helpful to distinguish the parts of the Old Testament that talk about a culture that mm. was sexist. Yeah. Absolutely. The right. reality of that culture in the Old Testament. Yes, absolutely it was. Now, was was God sort of like a proponent of that? Was God sort of like commanding them to do that? Like that's sort of in my mind there's a difference between those two questions. Yeah. So I don't I mean, I I can certainly see I can certainly see why people would feel that way because there are lots of sexist stories in the Old
1: Yeah, time. you know, you're, you're right. And, and I think that's really important to consider the culture back then, which was very patriarchal. Yeah. Women had no uh, voice.
0: Yeah. I mean, in culture. the Middle
1: East, still. Still. Still right. very little. Right. And so I, I think that's a thing really to consider. And I think it's really easy, especially this day and age, and this is what happens in general. Well, we'll just cancel Mm. You know, what? well, we'll just cancel the whole Old Testament, mm. you know, because we'll we'll call we'll cancel anybody else if they were sexist or owned slaves or whatever. They're just per, per, person non grata. Yeah. And uh, I would say as a person of faith, we can't throw away the, the Bible that Jesus read. Right. And so let's start off by just, you know, like I've heard people say, like, let's start off with Genesis one one to three, Adam and Eve mm-hmm. like that, you know. Well, uh, well, I'm what, what what have you heard people say, um, in terms of you know, maybe even beyond Genesis, but just like Christian leaders or pastors, sure, or, or even just maybe on, even on YouTube.
0: Well, I want to be careful here because I think that there are we definitely have people in our audience that hold this view, mm-hmm. which is the difference between what's generally known in church circles as complementarian versus uh, egalitarian mm-hmm. right and so in in the story of genesis god says that eve was created to be adam's like helper mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so there are people that that hold that view it's called complementarianism that essentially says women were created to sort of help men mm-hmm. do the work that god has given them to do mm-hmm. And I think that there are people that find a great deal of comfort and satisfaction in that sort of framework. Mm. I think that there are lots of people on the outside that look at that and call it inherently sexist. Yeah. Uh, Because essentially the women's only job is to help the man with whatever... He decides. Right. And I I think that in those relationships, I certainly don't think it's that cut and dry, but sort of at its most basic level or the way that it's often communicated ideologically, that's sort of how it's expressed. Yeah. 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 And that's a whole nother rabbit
1: trail going down that, uh, you know, women in leadership in churches, et cetera. And, And, you know, it's an important question because we have people who come visit, let's say, Grace, and they'll ask that question. Oh, yeah. Are women allowed in leadership? Yep. Um, and, and for us, the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I have friends, and there are people at, at Grace that would say n- the answer should be no. You're right. Right. Um, I, I think one. Yeah. So uh, let's just say both those views, whether you agree, whether you're on one side or the other, both fall under the pale of orthodoxy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, you know again we take the egalitarian view of women are allowed in leadership uh, as pastors as leaders whatever um one of the things that i find is that um that like if uh what am i trying to say um it's always interesting to work with people who don't hold that view complementarians because we'll we'll be like yeah now, I know this isn't the case for everyone who's egalitarian, but we're like, because we've worked with ministries that are very complementary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're okay working with you, mm. even though we have different viewpoints. Mm. Um, but oftentimes I find, are you okay working with us?
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Because, uh, again, there may be some really strong egalitarians, and I do know people who are like, you know what? They don't allow women in ministry? There's oh, right. no way I'm even like doing anything with them. Right. Um, we're we're just at a place where like, hey, I'm sure this is not the only area that we disagree in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but what I find is people who take the complementarian view, women are aren't allowed in leadership. They almost view this as a um, man. You're sliding into heresy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Again, that's a broad statement. I, I don't want to say if you're if you're a listener and you hold that view that, that that's what you would say. Uh, it's just been that experience. And so yeah, it, it's a, it's a really interesting thing, especially. Um, And this kind of goes into the New Testament. They will refer to uh, Timothy, the uh, letters to Timothy, and say, "Oh, women shouldn't speak in church." Right. Uh, And we maybe we could uh, handle that because I I have a very specific view on that. Um, But uh, yeah, so there's all these passages, New Mm -hmm. and Old Mm -hmm. Testament, and I think that's also the reason why the Apostle Paul is usually hated Mm -hmm. Mm among certain groups of people because he seems very misogynistic. Yeah, and so does God in the Old Testament. So the thing that I think we need to consider, first of all, let's just kind of build on the building blocks of ABC. Like even when God creates Adam and Eve, man and woman, like in Genesis, it says, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing we have to consider is um, that male and female both uh, reflect God's image, Mm -hmm. that one without the other does not complete yeah. the reflection of God's image. Yeah. So I, I think right from the get-go, just to say, like, yep, um, uh, women are like God in that their image is uh, reflected in, in 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 being woman. Just a, a, and in combination with man, uh, that 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 is. Uh, God that God created them for that purpose. Yeah. So yeah. the other thing I will say too is, I've heard some people say, "Oh, God created Adam first, and then Eve second. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of like a second draft. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> she's she's human two <laughs> Well, and exactly, if you turn that around, well, some people will say, and, and therefore, like she's she's of secondary importance. Okay. Where I would say, well, usually it's the second draft that's a better version
0: <laughs> yeah. of the first draft. Interesting. Right? Interesting. Yeah.
1: Like, so you could t- kind of turn that on, on its head. And um, so that's one way to think of it. Like, is women an improvement on mm. man? You know. I know it's
0: true in my marriage. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It, it, it is it, it it definitely is in mine too and so even with the whole helper idea that that's true mm-hmm. and i've talked about this in various sermons too like it, throughout the bible that word helper a uh, azer in hebrew is not is actually a term of strength mm. it's not a term of weakness and so when the, let's it's things, not like a sidekick no it's not a sidekick mm. and it's not like it's not a maid mm. In fact, in different passages in scripture, don't remember them off the top of my head, not as prepared today, but uh, it it is like a a military uh, um, battalion from which the army could not defeat the enemy without this battalion. Interesting. So by yourself, you cannot defeat the enemy, and so you need the azer. Mm. And in fact, it, even in the Psalms, I, I do remember this, like, God is my azer
0: Oh, so it's actually, it's a term that's actually attributed to God. Yes. Wow. And, and
1: it's a term of strength. Wow. Not a term of subservience and not a term of weakness. Wow. So, like, again, we read the English version of helper, and we think, yep, you're the sidekick. Mm. You help me do what, uh, like God's called me to do. Mm. Um, but in the Hebrew worldview, it, it was not that. Like man cannot ac- accomplish. Uh, and if you, if we go back to Adam, hey, you know, to uh, well, and this is really right up the agricultural farming uh, field, right? Like, yeah, you're responsible to, you know, wh- what's the charge to Adam? Um, to like God, God curses the ground because his primary responsibility was, was to work the ground, mm-hmm. and um, basically it's like you you can't accomplish what I've called you to without mm. this helper. Mm. So that, that's that's an interesting perspective to yeah. consider, yeah. Um, especially when you want to say, oh, you know, the word helper really denigrates the status of women.
0: Mm.
1: Actually, it, it does the opposite.
0: So what, do you think do you think then that it's just a, a matter of sort of there being and like there wasn't a good word to, to use instead that, that made that translation a little bit basic? Or, I mean, I don't really... I mean, in some ways I'm like, well, how would I have known? You, you know, like how would I have known that that was actually what it said? Right. Um, right. Without sort of the understanding that you're able to give us.
1: Yeah, and I, again, I think that's the complexity of the Bible, right? I mean, it's written... Thousands of years ago, yeah. halfway across the world, um, in, in a culture, in a place, in a history that's very different from ours. Right, and so and, and so even like and so when you link it to oh God is my helper, all of a sudden the, like the, the light bulb comes on like yeah. oh, oh yeah. okay that's how I should see
0: helper. Right. it's
1: not like I'm strong and God I need you to help me. Right, right, no no like you can't do this.
0: And there's even. Man, I don't want to take this too far because I I don't know much about it. But there's even like in some ways, the way that I've experienced my relationship with my wife to be a part of the redemption of my life. In some ways, her bringing me closer to God. Like, you know, when you think of God as a helper, His help is redemptive. Yeah. In its work. Yeah. Um. So I it's just I I think it's just so much more complex. And, and we've said this even in previous episodes about the Old Testament, the, mm-hmm. the context of it really does make it far more nuanced than sometimes just a sort of literal reading of yeah. the words that, that we have in front of us. Yeah,
1: yep. I remember one conversation with, uh, this was uh, before we moved to Michigan, uh, a coworker of mine who was a Christian, and we were, uh, and she held the view that women were to kind of like, to say it crassly, like serve in the kitchen. Okay. And, uh, and I remember engaging in conversation with her, and she said, um, it's because in Genesis 3, God curses the woman, mm. which was interesting because I said to her, her name is Sarah, Sarah, go back and read your Bible because God curses the ground, mm-hmm. but he never curses the woman. Wow. She she kind of grew up in this kind of she wasn't Baptist but kind of had that Baptist mentality. Okay, and sorry if you are Baptist that, that that's again a, a broad generalization, but sometimes that that's that's the sense. Like and and I uh, I know for her that was kind of like oh, mm. uh, and again because sometimes we hear things either from pastors and yes we are fallible we say things that aren't right sometimes right. and. And uh, and that's why it's like yeah, and so God does curse the ground that they were called to cultivate, um, but God doesn't. Uh, again, she 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 thought God cursed the woman, and therefore that's why women were supposed to be wow. subservient.
0: I mean it's it's like it's like uh, it's like we're having the same problem that that we talked about at the top of this discussion, which is that like we are. Sort of like looking at, let me say it this way, the Old Testament was sort of a um, misogynistic culture Mm -hmm. within which people were trying to find and worship God. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of explaining the exact same problem we're still having where this this church culture that this woman grew up in where people I do believe were sincerely trying to know God better. Mm were misattributing the character of God. And from yeah. the outside, people would look at it and say, well, if God's followers feel this way, then God must be that way. Yeah. And in reality, there was a very sort of divergent path of thinking and theology that developed yeah. to the point where they were actually reading things that weren't even in the Scripture as being a, a part of, of their defense or their opinions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a number of things that, like, isn't in Scripture that we just— Kind of take from hearsay, like, um, Adam uh, Eve ate the apple from hmm. the tree. It doesn't say apple. Right. right. It, it, it's a it's fruit. fruit. Um, or we even sing th- about the three wise men. Right, and it
0: never says that there were three. <laughs> just that they brought three gifts.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, again, that, that there is that reality, too. The other thing, too, and I'm going to jump to the New Testament a bit. Um, and, and I recently talked about this in, in a sermon because in Ephesians, Paul says, uh, "Wives, submit to your husband." Yeah, I, I referenced that uh, recently, and we're going to dive into that in, in a couple weeks when we dive into Ephesians chapter five. And we read that with modern years, years mm-hmm. and go, "Oh, Paul is such a misogynistic like pig!" Right? Like, you know, but uh, the the context we have to understand is. Uh, if you don't read the rest of the command well if you don't read before where paul says that we are to submit to one another right that that's the broader picture and then uh so that's one thing but then the other thing he says right after that he says husbands love your wives now today we're like yeah of course right back then um a man could divorce her uh, like his wife for no reason. And he had no legal or, or familial obligation to love his wife. I mean, basically, wives are treated like property. Yeah, And so, so we focus in on lo- the submit to your husbands. Back then, th- what they would have been blown away by is what? Right. Like, my husband is supposed to love me? Oh, man. Like, Christ loved the church? Like, no woman, like, back then... And so we we hear that and think, oh, that's really misogynistic. He, God was speaking into a very patriarchal society and trying to reverse the culture. Yeah, and, and you know, like changing things like that take you know it it, it it takes generations. Yeah,
0: well, and you even you even said the rest of the phrase, which I think is even more sort of astounding when he says, "Husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church." Mm-hmm. I, like that is. I mean, if that isn't sacrificial and service oriented and, you know, if you think of all of the ways that Christ loves the church and that's the call to husbands, again, it just is very, very nuanced and it's not in any way as authoritarian or hierarchical as we might want to make that verse. Right. And so
1: if there are people and I've heard this like, oh, people will use that verse to, uh, to justify, um, verbal abuse. Mm. emotional abuse or or things and, and actually, you know, like you need to submit to me. I'm the husband kind of thing. Like, yeah, you, you actually miss the entire point Wow. of what Paul, what God is saying through that letter that Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. Wow. And so uh, again, those, those are just some tidbits. There's a lot more that we, we need to cover and, um, like, uh, that, that we'll cover next episode. Um, like later on. I, and I know this have, has tripped people up too. God says to Eve um, after the fall, uh, after the uh, after he curses the ground and, and and all that, and says to the woman, "Now you'll you'll experience pain in childbirth." Mm-hmm. And he says, "You know, your desire was for your husband, but now he will rule over you." Oh. You know, again, there's another what mm-hmm. seems like a very patriarchal, misogynistic God is sexist, right? Like women are treated like you know, they're supposed to be maids and servants. Hmm. Um, and, and then there's just tons of stories that, that we'll start to get into of just, like, really misogynistic stories. Like, uh, there's the story of Lot and uh, – is it Lot? Um, oh, shoot. Yeah, uh, is I
0: think – is he the one that cut up his daughter? And no, no. But that's –
1: yeah, there, there's also, well, a lot, he offers his daughters up to oh, the, the crowd. right. There, there's a story of uh, Tamar uh, who, like, had to deceive her father-in-law and, and slept with him. There's all sorts yeah. of these kinds of stories that we're going to dive into. We're going to look at specific passages and kind of tease out, like we did the l- last time when we talked about Uzzah mm-hmm. and that whole thing. Um, we're going to tease out a couple passages to talk through that. So part two of sexism, we'll go into racism and and, and finally violence and genocide and, and all that
0: fun yeah. stuff. And I think one of the things that we did, even in this episode, that we'll probably continue to do is that we talked about the God of the New Testament as well. Because it's not fair t- to to look at one without the other, right? As we're talking about nuance— the 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 whole we're going to say that the whole of scripture reveals aspects of the character of God and so if we're looking at just one small slice True. It's true. It could look like sexism or racism or all of these things. And I guess we're tipping our hand to kind of say, like, look, all of these extremely negative attributes that people put towards God when they read the Old Testament, there's nuance and there's things that both soften and in some cases, like we were just talking about, really flip that perspective completely on its head. Something that looks sexist is actually the opposite. So tipping our hand a little bit but yeah. that's kind of the conversation we want to have and if and again if there are specific parts of the old testament or about the way that god is described in the old testament that really throw you for a loop please please Let us know. We would love to talk about your actual questions and actual examples. We're going to bring our own, but we'd love to hear from you as well. Call. uh, No, don't call. Don't call. (laughs) Text me at
1: 734-709-5742. And there are stories of
0: castration Mm. in the Old Testament. Okay. (laughs) All right. We'll we'll cover this and more (laughs) in the next episode's Rhythms of Grace. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you join us next week as well.